0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: It is a Thursday on Greeny. It is Chris Carlin, Booger McFarlane in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So much to get to, including the Patriots, really Super Bowl contenders. Why is Joe Flacco playing for the New York Jets? And is Matthew Stafford already starting to feel the effects of Odell Beckham's presence? You can join us, as always, on the smart speakers as well. Play ESPN Radio. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Booger, what is up? What's up, buddy? How are we doing? I'm doing outstanding and great to be with you again. And we're going to get right into it. I want you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at ESPN Nation. It's presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and the fans are hyped. Return to glory. With Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Let's start with the Patriots because with as much as they're rolling right now, Booger, everybody seems to be buying into the notion that the Patriots all of a sudden are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. For me, I am not there yet. I do not believe 100% in the New England Patriots' ability to win the AFC as of yet. Why is that? Primarily for a few reasons. Number one, they have won four straight and five of six against teams that aren't that great. And you're supposed to beat the teams that that aren't that good. And that's what they're doing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on. The last three teams they've beat are not playing good football at all right now.
2: Okay, but what do you mean you're supposed to be – so right there, your thought tells me that you think the Patriots are good because there's a word you left off. Good teams are supposed to beat the teams that, that, that they're supposed to beat.
1: Right, I think they're good. I don't okay. think they're an AFC top-tier team.
2: Yes, yeah, I'm going to disagree. I think they are a top five to top six team in the AFC. Oh, I'm which, thinking
1: top three is top tier. That's
2: me. Oh, okay, well – if you don't think they're top three, who are your top three? Tennessee, Kansas City,
1: Baltimore? Uh, Buffalo, we're forgetting about. Okay, I'm I'd sorry. You're right. put Buffalo right, right up Duh. in there, too. I'd put Buffalo at the top. I'd put Tennessee number two. And I would probably put Baltimore at third. I'm not there with Kansas City bouncing back yet.
2: So here's what I'll say. Um, back in August, when the Patriots cut Cam Newton and named Mac Jones the starter, I was on Get Up, and it was a clip that kind of went – I'm not going to say viral, but it got a lot of attention when I said the Buffalo Bills are on notice in the AFCs. And everybody laughed. And everybody said, Booger, you're crazy. I mean, Bills Mafia came after me so hard. But what I saw is this. I saw a quarterback that did exactly what a young Tom Brady did, which is he was very coachable. Uh, He's accurate. He makes quick decisions. He's super smart. He can process quickly. He gets the ball out on time. And for a rookie, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And I saw him do it at Alabama. And I saw him play with five-star players everywhere. So he's used to playing with guys that have huge, huge egos. So that told me a lot about Mac Jones already. Now, you fast forward and you put Mac Jones with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, and here's what you get. You get a top five play caller in the National Football League and Josh McDaniels. You get a head coach that understands how to coach and win ball games. okay? And he doesn't necessarily care about September. So everyone looks at the Patriots record in September and like, oh, why did they spend all this money? Why did they do this? And I always say this. Bill Belichick teams do not want to play good in September. Now, I say that tongue in cheek. Of course, they want to win all the games. But they are focused on getting better and playing their best football come November and December. And I made that statement in August about the Patriots realizing that they are a way more talented team than they were the year before. I think the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, And what does that mean? That means that when they get in the dance, when they get in the tournament, they can beat anybody they play because their defense is legit. Matthew Judon has maybe been the best free agent pickup in the offseason. Kyle Van Noy has come back like he's never left. They can cover on the back end. They can run the football. My only question about New England, Chris Carlin, is this. It's really simple. It's if they need a big play, who do they go to on the outside? It's kind of like if you wake up, from a long nap and it's five thirty, and you're starving, where are you going to? Like, who's your go to, who's the person or who's the restaurant or what restaurant are you going to when you got to have it? Like, I mean, your stomach is scratching your back and you got to have something to eat. Where are you going? Who are the Patriots going to go to? when they got to have a play down the field. That's the one question I have about them.
1: And it's a completely fair and legitimate question. I think their defense is good. But when I look at them right now, I'm not ready to judge a team as being a top-level AFC championship-level contender as of yet when I look at what's coming up after tonight. They've got the Falcons on Thursday night football tonight. We all know what should happen in that game. Now, beyond that, though, look at what's coming up. Tennessee at Buffalo Indianapolis, and then the Bills again. This is where I think we're really going to learn about the Patriots. I think they're good. And, you know, Booger. the thing that really drives me insane that people don't understand about McDaniels, as you were talking about with Mac Jones, and about Belichick, is simply this. You brought up Kyle Van Noy. Here's a perfect guy, right? He goes somewhere else and it doesn't work, even though it's somebody off of a Belichick tree. Bill Belichick takes guys and doesn't ask him to do things they can't do. He puts them all in positions to succeed and accentuates their strengths on the football field. That's why he's been able to, over the years, take guys who haven't necessarily been superstars and and sometimes get them right off the waiver wire and get them to help him make an immediate impact for his team. And I think that's what Josh McDaniels is doing with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is an incredibly smart, perfect quarterback for what they want to do. And right now, they're accentuating all the positives of the players that they brought in. And they don't ask their guys to do things that they're not very good at.
2: Well, isn't that what coaching is supposed to be?
1: It is. But, you know, so many times we see coaches get caught up in in their scheme and fitting guys into their scheme. To me, it's got to be about fitting your scheme around the players. It's the players, not the plays.
2: Well, I learned it a long time ago. Nick Saban said it best. When I get in a crucial situation, when I get in a moment where I got to have it, I call players and not yep. plays, yep. meaning I'm going to put my guys in the position to make the plays, and I'm going to trust the guys that I know can make those plays. I'm not calling plays. Plays are just numbers on a, on, on a piece of paper, okay? Plays are just numbers on a clipboard that we've seen Lane Kiffin throw up in the air. Plays are just numbers and, and words and phrases that we see uh, uh, laminated on a, on, a, on a sheet of paper Uh, that coaches hold up in front of their mouth. You have to call players. And in order to to do that, you got to practice with them every day. You got to trust them. You got to know them. You got to understand what they like, what they don't like, when they like it, when they don't like it. And so, yeah, you're right. Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach uh, of all time, college or pro. And the reason is, is because he doesn't have an ego. All he wants to do is win. He doesn't necessarily care how he's going to win. Here's, here's something that Bill said that a lot of people don't realize. And most defensive coaches feel this way. Again, people laugh when they hear people talk like this and people say this. But here's what Bill Belichick says and Nick Saban. More games in the NFL and college football are lost
1: than won. Do mm-hmm. you know what that means, Chris Carlin? It means that you can play yourself too often. It means that you make mistakes and you don't rely on what got you into a situation and you get a little bit more caught up in the situation itself.
2: Let me simplify. That is correct. Partially. Let me simplify your order. If you're going to the, to the drive through, we don't want to confuse the lady or the gentleman at the drive through. So it simply means this. Don't beat yourself. Yep. Don't beat yourself. Okay. If you will just eliminate, not beating yourself. Most games are lost by teams that beat themselves. Okay. People always talk about making the winning play. Who's going to make the game winning catch? Who's going to make this play? What about just making the plays that don't lose you the game? No penalties, no turnovers, uh, doing the right thing. And to me, that's what the two greatest coaches in football, both college and pro have done. Bill Belichick. And Nick Saban and to me that's one of the secrets to coaching that not a lot of people talk about so
1: today Do the Patriots go and beat the Titans, beat the Bills, beat the Ravens in a playoff game? We're going to get more into that in just moments with Damian Woody, who is going to join us on set. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance, proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress Vehicle Giveaway Program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. Plus... Who's the fake team right now? Who's the Fugazi team right now? We find out next. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarlane for Greenie on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greenie, the podcast.
3: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise canceling headphones? Meeting free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie
1: can the patriots beat the titans the bills the ravens right now it is greenie on espn radio and espn plus and on your smart speaker as well by saying play espn radio series m Channel eighty. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent, but when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, you get qualified candidates sent to you. Then you can easily invite your top choice to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y now to try ZipRecruiter for free. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarland, Phil and Greeny today. And we are joined by the great Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, who joins us in studio giving us a straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. D. Wood, good to see you. Same, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding. Can the Patriots right now, would the Patriots right now, beat any of those three teams in an AFC championship game?
0: I think they're capable of of beating any of those three teams. Um, I think the Patriots have a formula that is conducive to winning in the postseason. They are elite on defense. Number two in scoring defense. They, they are situationally elite on defense. They turn the ball over. Um, offensively, their offensive line has gotten healthy. They're able to just ground and pound you to death right now. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have a three-headed monster in the backfield that is just bludgeoning people. All you got to do is just look at the Cleveland game. They just absolutely just bludgeoning Cleveland's defense to death. And then uh, the quarterback, Mac Jones. He is playing efficient football. He's not turned the ball over. Um, He's making more plays in the passing game as these weeks come along. And I've always said, you know, playing playing in that organization, this is when they start taking off. November, December, that's when they start taking off, and you're starting to see the Patriots starting to round in the form right now. So,
2: Dee Wood, let me ask you this, because a lot of people often hear Bill say these things, and I've heard it, and I've used this on the radio and on television, that Bill doesn't really get out of sorts about the record in September. He's more concerned about November and December. As someone who's played for Bill Belichick, kind of walk us through that as far as how September goes, and then as far as November and December when they start rounding the form, what's different?
0: Well, listen, you know, Bill said this week in, a, in a, a, a report asked him a question. He's like, obviously he's trying to win every game regardless of what month. But, the, you know, basically the gist of what he's saying is is that the good teams start, start rounding the form at this time of year, right around November. He always, always used to tell us, like, Thanksgiving, that's when we take off. That's when the cream rises to the top. And guess what? We're, we're approaching Thanksgiving. So all the teams that, we, that are supposedly contenders – This is when you're supposed to be supposed to be playing your your best football. And again, I just going back to the Patriots, the one thing about this team is that they're not going to beat themselves. And that's just been Bill throughout his whole coaching career. The Patriots under Bill, since he's been with the Patriots, are 188 and 17 when they win the turnover battle. That's how tough they are when they win the turnover battle. 188 and 17. That's absurd. Yeah, it's just crazy. So you're not going to outscheme them. You're not going. They're not going to. You know, they're not going to make critical errors. That's going to lose them football games. You basically have to play error-free football, and you have to whip their butts in one-on-one individual matchups in order to beat the Patriots. Chris Carlin, Booker
1: McFarland for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear Hotline. All right. So with that in mind, of the other three teams. Who bothers you in terms of where they stand right now? In other words, the Bills, I think we all feel pretty good about. I think we all feel pretty good about the Titans right now. How do you feel about the Ravens? Or is it one of the other two that you would say, I don't love where they are at the moment?
0: I I think, listen, as it relates to the Ravens, um, defensively, they bother me. They bother me defensively. This is not the same. They don't have the same Ravens. Defensive DNA that we've seen in the past. Um, They have have a hard time stopping people. Uh, Their their secondary is a liability. They have to bring bring a lot of pressure in order to get to the quarterback. And they put entirely too much on Lamar Jackson's shoulders. Lamar Jackson basically has to go into a phone booth and turn into Superman in order for that, that Baltimore Ravens team to win. So when I look at the Baltimore Ravens right now, I just don't like where they sit right now at this time of year.
2: D. Wood, huge matchup coming up this weekend, Kansas City versus Dallas. Um, which team will we learn more about and which team needs to win this game the most? Bo, I'm going, I'm going to say
0: um, I think we're going to learn more about the Chiefs. Because, and the reason I say that is, you're starting to hear some whispers from people, the Chiefs are back. The Chiefs are back. And, yeah, they beat the Raiders on the road. Raiders have been dealing with having issues. They, they've been, there's been a lot of distractions going on with that building. And, and I just don't feel like they're back because they smoked the Raiders in Las Vegas. Now, going up against Dallas, which is one of the best teams, not just in the NFC, but in National Football League, where you're not going to find a more complete team offensively, and a, and a defense that's gotten a lot better. I think if the Chiefs go out there and beat the Dallas Cowboys, I think it'll instill some confidence in that team. Because sometimes I think this team still has doubts about themselves. But when you go out there and you play and beat a good opponent in the Dallas Cowboys, I think then you, I think you'll start to see. The narrative start to change about the Kansas City Chiefs, and
1: it's funny. This might be their last chance to really prove that they're back, because you look at the rest of the schedule, mm-hmm. and this is not a, a list of of you know world beaters that they're going to be facing after the Cowboys this week. So I wonder where that. I wonder how fragile they are right now mentally.
0: Listen, I, I think I think in the building they gotta like where they are only because. The AFC is so jumbled right now. Like, there's no clear-cut runaway team in the AFC. But,
1: but in a but, tight game, in a tough
0: spot, are yeah, they oh, going yeah, to st- get yeah, an off st- in their head? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Boog can speak to this. When teams start doing things to you that you haven't been able to, to rectify and be able to correct, the first thing you start to say is, uh-oh, here we go again. Here we go again.
2: And for the Chiefs, D. Wood, that's going to come down this Sunday, I think. To me, this is a statement game for the Chiefs, and here's why. Uh, the Cowboys, if they want to, they can line up, and if that offensive line is humming, they can run you out of the stadium. And we all know that the Achilles heel of the Kansas City Chiefs defense is stopping the run. They do really, they really hasn't haven't shown the mental fortitude to do that game in and game out. So if I'm Dallas, I'm gonna run that football, make you go single high safety, and then can you match up with CD and Amari Cooper on the outside? I think Dallas has a chance to score 40 in this game. And if that's the case, can Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes play turnover free free and score 40 with them?
0: And, and, Boog, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Here's what I'm going to say as well. I think the Cowboys can have their way any way they want with the Kansas City Chiefs defense. My question is the Cowboys defensively. Cowboys are kind of a single high safety type of, type of team. Right. Are you willing to play too deep to take away, to make Patrick Mahomes and company be more patient offensively, make mm-hmm. them drive the field, make them put together nine, ten play drives instead of, you know, maybe giving up big explosive plays when you have one-on-one matchups on the outside. I think that's what I want to see from the Dallas Cowboys defensively.
1: Damian Woody joining us in studio, ESPN NFL analyst Chris Carlin, Booger McFarland for Greeny. On ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, if you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing, free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge, and if you do happen to need a replacement battery, they can help with that, too. They've got reliable replacement batteries starting at just seventy nine ninety nine, and they're the only place you can find proven, tough, Duracell ass batteries. So... Next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution in America's number one battery destination. Who's coming out of the NFC? <laughs> Honestly, who is coming out of the, <clears throat> the NFC
0: right now? Listen, I think, it, I think right now, I think the Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFC. I think, you know, as much as we talk about Aaron Rodgers and, and everything that's been going on with him, and he's been playing really good football. But the reason I'm picking the Packers is because on the defensive side of the football, Packers defensively has been playing elite football. Um, they've been after they've been able to get after the quarterback. They've been able to get after some really good offenses. So for me, it starts with the Green Bay Packers. I'm, that's where I'm. I'm stopping right there with the Green Bay Packers. Interesting, you say that because.
2: Um, I like green Bay. I think Joe Barry has done an outstanding job. The new defensive coordinator. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit because people thought it was a very questionable hire. And all he's done is come in there and the defense is the reason they're winning. Uh, not necessarily a liability, but I'm going to disagree. Okay. If every team in the league is at full health and I'm not, I'm not talking about guys that are out for the year, but guys that have a chance to come back and will come back. Um, I still think Tampa, and I know people are down on them right now because they went to Washington and it didn't look good. But I need I remind you they went to Chicago last year and lost to Chicago, and Brady didn't even know what down it was. I just think when they're at their peak, when you add in A.B. and you add in Gronk and you get their top three cornerbacks back, I still think that Tampa's ceiling is higher than anyone else in the NFC. Now, they may not get to that point and play to that level, D-Wood, but I don't think anybody in the NFC, as a matter of fact, I don't think anybody in football has a ceiling as high as the Buccaneers when everybody's healthy and everybody's playing their right way, but as we all know, it doesn't always happen in the postseason.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to disagree with you from the, from the simple fact that when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, first of all, I'm never going to write off 12. Yep. Never. I'm, you can't. I can't. You just can't do You'll be a fool to write off 12. We saw last year, they didn't really turn on until the second half of the season. So that's the that's where we are now. Um, that's number one. They have a lot of injuries right now. And as much as we talk about A, B, and Gronk, the injuries that are hurting them the most is in the defensive secondary. They got to get guys back at the cornerback spot because they can't blitz and put the guys that they have out there on the island. Those guys will get like like Bart Scott says barbecue chicken they just they just get toasted out there if they can get those guys back and if those guys are healthy and are playing like the the playing like the type of players that we know them to be then yeah i would say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and all the pieces that they have around them
3: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash
4: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
0: Probably is the, the top team in the NC, but that's a big if right now because they yeah, got a lot, of guys, a lot of guys hurt right now. Yeah. Last
1: one for me, for Damian Woody, uh, our ESPN NFL analyst. And it feels like we're contractually obligated to talk about the Jets on occasion. <laughs> and I would Why ask Why are
2: we talking about the Jets?
1: <laughs> because their quarterback situation is such a mess right now. So my question for you is simply this mm-hmm. If they had a chance to redraft this quarterback class, would they? Do it and go in a different direction than Zach Wilson.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, first of all, listen. As much as we, as much as we, um, we heap praise on Zach, I mean on uh, Mac Jones, and deservedly so. I still think that you know we do this too early. I think you got to give these guys time to develop. And I've always said from the beginning, the you know the reason that. A lot of this dependent on where guys go, the culture they go to, the coaches that they go to. Mac Jones fell into the perfect situation, okay, the perfect situation. Think about it. His coach at Alabama, Nick Saban, then he goes to Bill Belichick. I mean, the, the programs are so similar. And, and the way he plays ball and the way New England is constructed, it's just a perfect fit. And so they don't ask Mac Brown to go out. I mean, I mean Mac Jones to go out there and, and win games. Just, just do your job. Don't turn the ball over. Take what the defense gives you. We're going to run the football, play good defense. He's having a lot of success. But I think it's too early to write off, you know, Zach Wilson and some of these other young quarterbacks.
1: D. Wood, outstanding stuff. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh,
0: thank you for having me.
1: Damian Woody bringing us all the straight talk right here as Chris Carlin and Booger McFarland filling in for Greeny this Thursday on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. And Booger, you know, for me, this is such a, a fascinating situation. If you were to look at this draft of the quarterbacks from this past year, were they drafted in the right order? Would you go in a different direction, not if you're a specific team right now, but if you had to go through and redraft them, how would you redraft them? Well, listen, man, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And that's um, why we're doing it.
2: <laughs> right. Um, some people would still take Trevor Lawrence because the ceiling is as high as anyone because they think he can see it and process as good as Mac Jones and he has the accuracy and anticipation. And, oh, by the way, you get 6'6" and 235 and can run 4.5 in the 40. That's what some people think. Uh, We haven't seen a lot of that, though, from Trevor Lawrence. And and then there come the projects of Justin Fields and Trey Lance, guys who need a little bit of work, guys who um, haven't shown us everything that we need to see. uh, and, And in Trey Lance's case, we haven't seen a lot. I'll say this. The draft is about potential. We draft based on what a guy can be, not what he is. I think everyone knew what Mac Jones was and people looked at him and said, if that's all he's going to be, then that's not good enough for me. Well, you know who's who, who it's good enough for. It's good enough for the new England Patriots because they had a guy very, very similar for what? 19, 20 years. And yeah, Mac Jones is playing the position better than all the other rookies right now. Will he be that way in five or 10 years? I don't know because I think Trey Lance's ceiling may be higher for me. Chris Carlin, I have never been in favor of the running court. Like, I don't need the guy that's going to run around. That position is dependent upon a guy that can process, make quick, de- quick decisions, throw the football accurately, and on time. I don't care if he runs seven flat in the 40. As a matter of fact, if you outran my quarterback – I would probably be happy because that means he wouldn't run and go anywhere.
1: Well, I have cat-like agility, so let's not write off my speed quite yeah, yet. Yeah, which
2: cat though? You th- like a, like a lion or what? Oh, I mean, uh, like I would a say a seven hundred pound lion. But Well, Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. you know?
1: look, the the point is simply this: when. I agree with you on that. I would like to have a quarterback i don 't need a guy that 's going to run all over the place i 'd like to have a guy that maybe could extend plays and and when they need to get out of the pocket and and make a throw down you know when when a play breaks down a little bit that would be nice. But I get so aggravated by this notion these days, Booger, that all of these quarterbacks are supposed to be on the same timeline that that they 're supposed to be ready now. All right out of the gate and ready to go. And yeah, they'll go through growing pains, but no, everybody should be good by their third season. And that that's how the league has kind of set it up now financially, that if they don't have an answer on a quarterback by his third year, that they are ready to move on because they don't want to invest the big money in them. And I understand that, but... It's worked against so many, I think, young quarterbacks over the last ten years because they're just not going to get that opportunity that guys who got thirty and forty million out of the gate are going to just simply out of obligation.
2: Yeah, uh, I would agree with that, and, and, and to your point, and just to kind of add on, uh, we're in a society right now where we don't want to wait on anything, man. Like mm. th- there is there is no patience with anyone, and if a guy's not good in his first. Uh, two or three stars, and he's terrible. Remember the Justin Fields crowd. And what happens is if we really like you, we'll make excuses for you because, you know, everyone says it's Bill Lazor and it's Matt Nagy and it's Ryan Pace. Well, guess what? Those guys do not touch the field. And as a player, you have to take ownership for what you do on that field. Um, but to a certain point, yeah, you're right. The patience and the ability to allow a guy to get better uh, just isn't there anymore, nor should it be based on the salary cap, as you alluded to, Chris.
1: Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit progressive.com. Look, I was 10 for 10 in high school. Stealing bases, 10 for 10. Stealing what? Stealing bases, playing baseball in high school. Four years. I didn't do it. often. Oh, so I didn't do it often.
2: But when I did it, I didn't get thrown out. So you didn't get caught stealing from, like, the local Dick Sporting Goods. So
1: you went in there and stole bases? That's right. Ten of them in high school, ten for ten, not once. Element of surprise. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. They never looked at me and said, we got to hold that guy close. Not once. And I burned him. Again, (laughs) cat-like agility.
2: Cat-like agility. (laughs) If if people saw you, the one thing that they would know is the word cat and agility (laughs) would not be used in a very, very
1: uh, truthful description of you. (laughs) Greeny, the podcast. The Jets are starting Joe Flacco this week, Booger, because they're concerned about the dynamic defense of the Miami Dolphins. Chris Carlin, Booger McFarland, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. I'm not making that up. Listen to what Robert Sala had to say yesterday on the decision to start Joe Flacco.
2: Joe is just that veteran. One of the reasons why we went and got Joe is for the experience part of it, not only for the playing ability and for the room, but also for situations just like this. You know, Miami's got a dynamic coverage system as as it pertains to defense with zero and all the different coverages they run, and and Joe's kind of been there, done that, and just kind of a steadying experience that we felt would put us in the best position to win.
1: Now, Booger, if I were a cynic, I would point to the fact that the Dolphins are the 32nd-ranked pass defense in the NFL and say, what dynamic defense but please educate me we saw them play better last week as to why that would be a legitimate reason if it is
2: well he's talking about the complexity of their defensive schemes Uh, just notice how they made Lamar Jackson a guy who was on the you know MVP watch or was probably the MVP going into last week's game uh, that they made him look silly Uh, a lot of zero blitz a lot of pressure on the quarterback Uh, they put your quarterback in a position where if he panics um, bad things are going to happen. And so I, I do understand when they talk about the complexity of the defense. With that being said, um, I mean, Joe Flacco's only been there, what, two weeks, three weeks? Two weeks, like, yeah. Yeah, two weeks. So, I mean, the fact that he has a grasp of your offense in two weeks is probably not, um, not, you know, truthful. And so what you're saying is a guy who Mike White, who's been there a little longer, you're saying you don't trust him. You don't want to put him in the fray. And, you know, Robert Sala, he's understood uh, over the course of his coaching tenure how to say things without saying them. And so I think what he's saying is I do not want Mike White to uh, drizzle down his leg in front of a team that could really, really embarrass you. And it doesn't sound like Zach Wilson uh, is ready. Correct me if I'm wrong. And so if, if that's the case, then, yeah, I buy it a little bit.
1: This is a straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Wilson is not ready yet. Am I out of bounds to think? Probably so. But just, you know, let's certify the fact that I'm an idiot before we call me that, all right? Um, Am I out of bounds to think that a little part of this would be if Mike White does come back and actually plays well again?
2: No, I know where you're going. No, 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 no. Just
1: that I don't want to deal with the headache that that would present. Yes,
2: because you're thinking, now, what if Mike White comes back, plays well, now that's two out of three that he's played well? Are we starting to create some type of controversy? It's not even we- creating
1: the controversy. It's just that it would be over kind of just a cloud over it because people would be talking about it. I mean, for Pete's sake, White was on the back page of the paper this week on Sunday morning before he goes out and throws four picks. So, you know, is there just – I have always been of the belief – that every coach will play who gives them the best chance to win. And I do think that they feel like Flacco gives them the best chance to win. But could this at all be a creeping reason whatsoever?
2: Uh, no, not at all. Um, not even close. I don't want to give that any credence but I could, because I want to have enough confidence and enough faith in the New York Jets brass that they wouldn't make a decision based on public pressure or public sentiment because when you start – Uh, thinking like the fans and making decisions for the fans, you're eventually going to be sitting with the fans. So I'm not going to buy into that because I have too much respect for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas.
1: I don't disagree with you, but there is a, a, a thought process out there that believes that. And the notion that Flacco, if he goes out there and doesn't and plays well or doesn't play well, It's so easy to just say next week, Wilson's the guy. Wilson is the guy. This is what bothers me about it. And I ask the question more as um, just playing devil's advocate for a moment. Because I'm with you. To me, no matter what the situation is, I don't care that uh, that it might cause a potential stir. Who gives me the best chance to win this week is who has to play. And based on what I saw last week... Even if his understanding of the offense isn't quite where it needs to be, Mike White was going out there and trying to win the game and get four touchdowns on one play on several occasions. And he got away from what made him successful a few weeks back, which was adhering to the offense. I don't think I have to worry about that with Joe Flacco.
2: No, because Joe's a veteran guy. Like, Joe's been there and done that. Joe's played in the Super Bowl. Joe has made 100-plus million dollars. So what you're going to get is the consummate professional that when you call the play, Joe's going to run the play. and Joe's not going to put you, you don't think, in a bad situation. So, yeah, I get it. Um, but we all know Joe Flacco is probably not going to be with the Jets next year or if, if at the very minimum he's not going to be the starter. So why are we giving meaningless reps to Joe Flacco? I, I think that's the thing that I would – um i would be pondering in my head if if mike white was ready and i trusted mike white put him back out there because at at the very at, at at the very least you you are getting mike white ready to be a backup next year or maybe he can go somewhere else uh maybe you can trade him i don't know but putting joe flacco out there to me is like wasting reps and wasting time joe flacco is almost as old as you and i and although you're older, and so when you when you put him out there, it's like, hey, we're trying to put the veteran out there to entertain you for the day, but this is really not helping us going forward.
1: I agree that it's not helping you going forward, and Flacco didn't want to come back with the Jets. He had the opportunity to, but he lives in South Jersey. He wanted to go to the Eagles because he thought he was going to have a chance to play. He didn't, and I'm sure he wasn't thrilled when he got traded back to the Jets, not thinking he was going to play again, but... Here we are, and and he is getting an opportunity this week. Maybe he can prove to somebody for next year that he deserves a look somewhere else. Chris and Booger in for Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening
1: to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.